This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Piero Pelka's second hour on a very busy news day. We, of course, are following the situation out of uh, Washington where the Alexandria, Virginia shooting took place early this morning at a baseball practice that the Republicans were having ahead of a charity game that's supposed to take place and will take place Thursday evening in D.C. at the National Stadium. It raises money for the boys and girls clubs, like 600 grand they will raise. So good for them. And Steve Scalise is in surgery. I'm sure he'll be out soon and we'll send our prayers to him and the other people, five people shot in total. The Jack wagon shooter is gone and deceased. And now we hear there's a, another active shooter situation happening on on the west coast in san francisco near a a ups or at a ups operation so we're keeping an eye on that uh dr jorge is going to join us at the bottom of this hour wellness wednesday is delayed but not denied and uh so i'm looking forward to that we're going to try and keep the show as diverse as possible and not not get because really what can we do we can only tell you what's happening. Uh, we do have uh, John Street from TheBlaze.com who said he's going to head over to the scene where the shooting took place today to try and give us any kind of update on what's happening there. It's the YMCA baseball fields, and there's a, a YMCA pool just across the street that also had some windows shot out. A terrible situation. Before we went away, though, we were talking about this day in history. And I want to make sure we wrap up the story because it's it's very important. We were telling the story about the guy who wrote the Pledge of Allegiance. Because on this day in 1954, the pledge was changed and the words under God were added to the Pledge of Allegiance. And I have posted on my Twitter account at StuntBrain a poll today, a vital question poll that asks you about the words under God. Do you have a problem with them in the, in the Pledge of Allegiance? And right now, I would expect this audience doesn't have a problem with two words that say under God. But you never know. But the weird part, or just the, the curious part, the Pledge of Allegiance was written in order to do two things. It was written to coincide with the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus' arrival here in the New World. And it was also written to help get the country united behind one flag. Remember, we were still in the aftermath of the Civil War. The nation was reeling with all of the lost lives, and, and there, were, there were feelings that weren't just going to go away quickly because the Civil War had ended officially. But the story of of how Francis Bellamy, a minister and the son of a Baptist minister, who ended up working on this Youth Companion magazine and working on a presentation for the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus' arrival in the, in the New World and the Columbian Exposition that was happening in 1892, his boss told him to go write the pledge that was going to be in the back of this, this special pamphlet. 
is going to be handed out to school kids. And just because the boss thought Bellamy had, quote, a knack for words, he assigned it to him. And the original pledge, I mentioned it before we wrapped up the hour, the original pledge, pretty simple. I pledge allegiance to my flag to, and the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. He added the, uh, the word to and to the republic to make it flow a little better. And on the Columbus Day ceremony, marking Columbus Day because President Harrison issued the proclamation declaring this a holiday, there were millions of school children all over the country who took part in the ceremony. And Bellamy said he heard the pledge for the first time from someone else on that day, October 21st, when he was in Boston and 4,000 high school boys stood and roared the Pledge of Allegiance together. Now, the pledge got into our schools and into our society. And of course, it, it takes almost no time for somebody to say, well, you know, we got we to gotta fix that pledge. It's not perfect because everybody's got a twist on stuff. You, you know as a writer that the opinions are out there that everybody wants to mess with your work. You think you've got it just right. So it began in 1923, a national flag conference presided over by the American Legion and those wonderful Daughters of the American uh, Revolution, they decided that the flag didn't need to be the fla my flag, but should be changed to the flag of the United States. Now, why would they do that? Well, at that point, there were a lot of people coming to this country, a lot of immigrants coming to this country, and the Daughters of the American Revolution and the American Legion folks thought, you know, there could be some confusion among immigrant children. They would be unclear as to which flag they were saluting. So they refined the pledge to say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. And then the following year, they added of America. On the 50th anniversary of the Pledge of Allegiance. So go fast forward to 1942. Congress put the, the Pledge of Allegiance into the flag code. And I don't know if kids today are learning the flag code. We could not get through fourth grade in our civics class. Do they still teach civics? Uh, our civics class without knowing the flag code and the, the things you have to do with the flag how you display it, how you properly take care of it, how you get rid of a flag that is worn out, etc. So in 1942, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Pledge of Allegiance, Congress put the, the pledge into the flag code. And by then, it's everywhere. You know, students reciting it each day at school. But then you got people who say, because of the First Amendment, we don't know if we feel good about this. Jehovah's Witnesses stood up and said, uh, look, uh, reciting a pledge violates our religious rights, our pro prohibition against venerating a graven image, which I guess they considered the flag to be a graven image. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Jehovah's Witness in 1943. And they said that no school child should be compelled 
to recite the pledge. So since 1943, this just wasn't something from Madeleine Murray O'Hare in the 50s, 60s, or 70s. But after 1943, after the Supreme Court, our friends at the Knights of Columbus, a good Catholic fraternal organization, and some others, went to Congress and said, hold on a second, we would like to put the phrase, under God, just before indivisible, okay? And uh, on June 14th, this day in 1954, President Dwight Eisenhower signed that bill into law. And they anticipated that the reference to God would end up in the courts and saying this is a, a violation of the First Amendment. And, and they anticipated this in their wording of the bill which says, quote, a distinction must be made between the existence of a religion as an institution and a belief in the sovereignty of God. Adding, the phrase under God recognizes only the guidance of God in our national affairs. Well, despite the fact that they anticipated it, that disclaimer being put in there didn't stop anybody. There were litigants from states all over the country citing that the new wording would be a, a problem. And now we're still going through this. It goes back and forth and back and forth. And, and then it was into the 21st century with a case from a guy named Michael Newdow, an atheist who claimed that his daughter, a, a young girl, a minor, was being harmed by hearing the pledge at her public school in, pardon me, but you know what state, I'm about to point a finger and wag a finger, California. If she refused to say under God, she was liable to be branded an outsider and therefore harmed by the school. And the appellate court agreed. The girl's mother, who had custody of the child, told the courts that she does not oppose her daughter reciting the pledge. So there was a little mess up at home. Interesting. Bellamy, the guy who wrote the original pledge, went on to become an advertising executive. And he used to write about the pledge. And um, I wonder where he would stand on it today. I wonder what he would think about the Pledge of Allegiance today. Uh, maybe he would appreciate the take on the Pledge of Allegiance from a guy that I considered a great American, a guy I ran into on my very first visit to New York, the very first time I got to New York, I ran into, I ran into uh, Red Skelton, the great Red Skelton, outside of Radio City Music Hall. And I had to say something to him because I grew up watching Red Skelton's show with our family together. And he was uh, a clean comic. He was a brilliant man. And he was doing a live show at Radio City Music Hall. And I walked up and I just said, hello, I have to say thank you. Our family, and I'm 21 years old, our family watched you every week. And he went, well, thank you very much. Walk with me. So I walked with Red Skelton for two blocks. And no, there were no selfies because it was 1979. When we get back from the break, I want to play for you what Red Skelton told his audience about the Pledge of Allegiance, because he explained it beautifully. 
And I know it's not breaking news, but this is American history, and it's important, and it's pretty damn wonderful. And I'll share it with you next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Just around the corner, Dr. Jorge with a delayed Wellness Wednesday. We'll check in with him. He's got some things he wanted to share. And I also asked him a couple of questions. We'll get into those stories. But we've been talking about 1954 and the Pledge of Allegiance and what the Pledge of Allegiance means and and how it was written. And kind of fascinating to follow the history. And all of the back and forth over the pledge. Well, there used to be a guy on CBS named Red Skelton who had a variety show. He was a very interesting, funny entertainer. And in 1969, Red Skelton talked about the Pledge of Allegiance and about the American flag. And he shared his experience and also brought in a particularly important and heartfelt statement on those two words that were added in 1954, two words under God. And he takes it from the perspective of a teacher who made a big difference in his life. This one teacher, he was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell, he says, uh, <clears throat> he says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom, wherever she waves, there's respect because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands, 
one nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation, and justice, the principle are qualities of dealing fairly with others, for all, for all, which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country, and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance, under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools, too. Any questions? Boy, oh boy. Can you imagine a network television show stopping to do that today? Can you even conceive... And yet it's not that long ago. It was 1969 that Red Skelton delivered that. I just, I think some network executives would lose their minds. But I'm glad it exists. I'll tweet out a link to that because I think a lot of you are going to want to see that for yourselves. It's too long ago. No one's doing it in the schools. And I think the explanation of the Pledge of Allegiance is something I wish teachers would do because kids need to understand it. Uh, we, as a, as a child, I don't think we fully understood it, but it's a great story. So for, for uh, Minister Bellamy, who gave us the original pledge, and for Congress in 1954, for all of its wisdom to put those two words under God in there, they apparently were sending a message to the Soviets and the communists of the world that, that this, this nation and the idea of freedom and the freedom to worship were going to be upheld. It, it's just an amazing story to me. When we get back, we'll, we'll have updates that active shooter situation out in San Francisco at the UPS facility. If there's any news out of the Alexandria shooting today, I hope there is... No more violence today. And we'll check in with our friend Dr. Jorge Rodriguez on Wellness Wednesday, something we try to give you each week here on Pure Opelka. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Welcome back to Puro Pelka. We have a uh, boy, oh boy, I can't remember a day when there's been this much going on and we're trying to make sure we get everything else we like to deliver to you, including the history, including the health and all that stuff. Before I get to Dr. Jorge, who is waiting on the line here, I did want to say uh, thank you to Texas Yankee who said uh, that that clip reminds him of uh, so many great things about Red Skelton, that clip about the, the Pledge of Allegiance, and I posted it on my Twitter account. And thank you to Matt G. Matt G., who said, I hate to be that guy, but we don't get rid of a flag, we retire it. Matt, you are 100% correct. A flag that is worn out is retired and there are ways to do that. It's in the flag code. Go back to your civics book. Uh, not, that, not that there isn't important breaking news, but none of it is that urgent that I would derail the segment that I think we all need every single week. And we all need to be mindful of our health uh, daily. And that's with our friend Dr. Jorge Rodriguez. DrJorge.com is where you find him. Uh, doling out common sense in a way that we all can understand. Hello, my friend. Hey, Mike, how are you? And yeah, what a hell of a day, huh? Um, so if you ever have to skip me because other things are more pressing, I, I totally get it, you know? So, well, you know, it, it seems, th- thank you. It seems like we've got situations under control. The, the situation in San Francisco is still a bit muddy. We don't know exactly what's going on at that UPS right. center, but we'll be, we'll be on it after this. Uh, I can't think of anything that's more important, though, as well, individually to each one of us as our health. And uh, you know me, I'm getting more and more obsessed with America's drug problem, America's opioid addiction and, and the problems we're having because all of the other problems it causes. And Senator Chris Coons and I have discussions on this almost weekly to try and see what individual states can do and what and the federal government can do to help with the opioid addiction. But I, I saw a story I wanted to ask you about. They're working on a heroin vaccine? Yeah, they are. And um, see, the, the, the issue is that the body recognizes organisms that come into our body as foreign because they're a lot larger. So it, it makes antibodies to try to fight those. Uh, and nobody knows of a if a heroin vaccine, it's, it's probably going to be for people that already have an addiction and you give them the vaccine afterwards so that they stop getting um, addicted. The problem is that the opioid actually turns into morphine in the blood and then goes into the blood, into the brain. It releases all these things called dopamines that make people feel great. Actually, a chocolate cake does something very similarly. Um, but the molecule, all right, the chemical that is actually the opioid is so small 
that the body can't recognize it as something foreign. So they've created uh, the sort of protein that binds to the to the opioid molecule, and they're testing it now. You know, they inject it into people. Your body makes antibodies against it so that when you re-inject, all right, um, it can't get into your brain and you don't get that high. And I know that we, you know, first of all, nobody knows if this is going to work. Um, there may be a lot of, you know, sort of moral issues with this. People are like, oh, you know, are we really solving the problem? Um, are we facilitating people from doing this? The thought is that if somebody isn't going to get high and they already have that addictive component, all right, they are not going to continue using. And this is a big not only social problem, but it destroys families. It is also, if you want to look at it that way, a big medical and financial problem. A lot of resources that could, in my opinion, be better spent on getting people to get healthy and stay healthy are being used for this huge problem. So it, it may be one more prong um, in, you know, in able to fight this, this epidemic, which is killing really now um, probably hundreds of thousands, you know, over a couple of, of years and, and, and addicting hundreds of thousands of people. So it's a possibility. Yeah, they're working on a vaccine to try to prevent people from becoming uh, addicted to, to opioids. Well, I wonder if they could create the same kind of situation that we had when we talked about those ticks a few weeks ago, the tick that when it when it hits your the system, mm-hmm. it it makes you yeah, the Texas or Lone Star tick, whatever it was that that right, makes right, your yeah. body get sick when it comes in contact with meat and i i wonder well, if it no, would that's a, a weird thought right no it's not a weird thought people have thought about um you know you can use it for a diet you know get the donut vaccine or you know the the pizza vaccine um people and companies obviously are are, are trying to find many ways of getting the body not to respond the brain not to respond uh, to different foods, and there are different medications that sometimes are used for people to try to lose weight. Because at the end of the day, like I said, certain foods, primarily the carbohydrates, the starches, they do elicit in our brain the release of these these chemicals called dopamine. And you know, um, and this is sort of will be a segue to to my other thing, um, which I'm doing starting next week, is the fact that so much of obesity and overweightness in this country can be, you know, it's, it's very similar to being addicted. Um, I'm someone that's been overweight on and off all my life. And there's some days that I'm doing just fine. And then after a certain period of time, I'm bored, something happens, the binging, the craving, you know, for a carbohydrate is very similar um, to, to the craving for, for other addictive products. So they are trying to create different pills, different chemicals that maybe slow this down. So, um, yeah, it's not it's not such a far fetched thought, Mike, not such a far fetched thought. Well, and and speaking about uh, this, uh, this segment, you're going to start doing on obesity starting next week. I think it's a week from today, right? A week from today, the first day of more or less the first day of summer, people want to go to um, this platform it's basically a website called collide c-o-l-l-i-d-e dot com and you're going to see that they have many different um many different categories there's entertainment there's sports and then there's health and if you go to health you know you'll see you'll see me there and you can tag on to it i am going to be doing a live feed every week 
starting at 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern, where I'm going to be, we're trying to form a community where people join in, they can, they can email me at the same time, and we are all going to go on a new health regimen, including myself. The first damn thing I'm going to do is weigh myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm going to follow it along for three months, along with everybody that does it. I need to walk the walk, you know, not just talk the talk. And it's going to be not your basic diet, because it is going to be more about learning how to relate differently. All right. To the food that, that's around us. So I think it's much more realistic. Listen, anybody can lose weight. This is not about losing weight. This is about maintaining a healthy weight for the rest of your life and getting healthier. All right, 25% of all of the, the costs in this country are, are due to health care in, in the last quarter of life. So it's an important thing, and that's what makes people bankrupt. When they get sick at an elderly age, <clears throat> you know, and can't afford it. So staying healthy and getting healthy is paramount, in my opinion, to a lot of well, people. Well, I'm, I'm with you on that because, you know, we all, we all fight that one struggle to say, not all of us, some people are genetically yeah predisposed to be skinny and we can all hate them together but uh we can do simple things uh to try and get rid of that 10 or that 15 that would do better things for you as well uh i remember talking to john madden the the football guy the announcer the you know he was coach john madden when i grew up and at one point he went on a a two-year lifestyle change that ended up he lost 60 pounds and I said, what was it like? He said, you know, you ever go through the airport and you're carrying four suitcases? He said, I got to put down the four suitcases and get on with my life. And I thought, yeah. wow. Yeah, that's beautiful because that's exactly the way you need to think about it. All right. You, we're, I'm walking around with probably two 20-pound sacks of potatoes strapped around my neck. All right. And can you imagine being lighter? What, what else can be done, what you can accomplish, the walking up the stairs, the being more physical, the just feeling better. And, and that's a great analogy. I love that. I'm going to steal that. Well, it's, it's, it's yours now. If you steal from me, you're stealing twice. That's all I'm telling you. Yeah. So. I love it. It's okay. And again, it isn't about deprivation. It, 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 doesn't, it can't be something that you go on, a diet that you go on because you will eventually fall off. All right? It has to be relating differently, and it has to be a commitment to yourself. You got to yeah, commit it's, to yourself. It's it's changing a lifestyle, altering it a little bit. And you and I have always talked yeah. about portion control, and we'll get into that. It's collude or collide dot com. Collude. I've been thinking about collide. the hearings too much. <laughs> collide dot com. Yeah, you can go. Dude, you can go on it right now. And I think it's like a buck, a, a buck every time you sign up or something. And we're, I'm going to have menus. I'm going to have articles. Uh, I'll be on every week. Uh, people can you know, text me privately. So uh, let's see if it works. I, I'm really excited about it. So I'm really well, excited about it. I, I appreciate all of your common sense information. His name is Dr. Jorge Rodriguez. Uh, go to drjorge.com. And if you're one of those people who said, okay, I don't have time to go to a website, Dr. Jorge's books speak to you like he's talking to you. So the diabetes solution is one. It's got recipes. It's got good information. This is just about your health. It's not about anybody going into some giant community. Ultimately, it comes down to your individual health and your personal Absolutely. responsibility to it. So uh, I'll salute you. And I can't wait next week to kick it off because, you know, Thursday morning, the 22nd, I'm going to be critiquing it right here on the show. Okay. Come on. All right. <laughs>
Thank you, my friend. You know I'm kidding, You're sort welcome. of. Of course, yeah. no, no. I, I, I appreciate all opinions, even yours. Oh, oh, ouch! He's been hit, man down. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, right. Doctor Jorge. We'll talk again You're next Have week. A good day. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Mike. Uh, it's a see. It is about health at the end of the day, and your life will be better if you can be a little healthier. And you just have to take tiny steps, like the one we're going to take now to go to commercials. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. We are taking a look at uh, everything, trying to keep up on anything as we're learning more about the shooter. But before we get back to that, I need to remind you, when we talk about health, when we talk about living a better life, when we talk about getting rid of pain, I'm going to talk about Relief Factor because of what it's done for me. Relief Factor, the all-natural anti-inflammatory that I started taking just over 14 weeks ago. And eight days into it, I stopped taking any painkillers, no over-the-counter stuff. And I was taking it eight a day of those little green gel caps that are meant to take away the pain. I didn't need them because I started using Relief Factor. It's, as I said, all-natural. Don't take my word for it. Take the testimonial of Todd Bennett. So I got a job with a cable company, and in December 2005, I fell from a Highline pole. And morphine, Oxycontin, and all that stuff, I was in bed for the last probably eight years of my life. Got the relief factor two weeks later. I got up out of bed, I could go like this. I stood up, and it was just, wow. I mean, it, the pain wasn't all the way, all the way gone. It's enough to where I could get out of bed in the morning. I look forward to getting up out of bed. Uh, I do yard work now, back in the wood shop, woodworking, and just actually living my life. I'm not, not dull no more, you know? <laughs> that's, that's the same experience I had. I, I'm using, now, well, I didn't fall from a pole or anything, but I'm, I use Relief Factor. I take it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Get the three-week quick start pack. Go to relieffactor.com. It's so simple. Or give them a call right now. Get the number right here. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Relief Factor. Stop waiting. Go ahead. All right. Uh, next hour, we have a couple of things going on. Uh, Blaze.com's John Street is going to be heading out to the actual site of the shooting in Alexandria. I want to get his... His take on what's going on out there will update you on what the FBI has been investigating. This is one of the strange things about it. The minute the name came up, people ran to Facebook and started looking for this guy. And I'm not going to I'm not going to kid you. I went there, too, but I went to see if I could learn something about him. There are people who just poured into social media to write on this guy's page, either supporting, if you can believe it, or damning him to hell, which pretty much we probably believe that's the road he's headed on today. 
So uh, Facebook, it, it only took them two hours to shut down the guy's social media pages or, or delete them. And I would think that would be the first thing that the authorities would do. So just around the corner, we'll give you an update on that. We'll see if we can find out anything new about the San Francisco situation and uh, what else is happening in the world. Is Congress getting anything done? Is there any news on that horrible fire in London that killed at least 12 people? I, I still can't believe that we woke up and saw those frightening pictures. And now suddenly that story is pushed to the back page. And of course, there's some dumb news that we have to get to, too, right? Because it wouldn't be a Wednesday without some stupid news. We'll take care of that probably the middle of the next hour. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. Come on back after the news, will you? Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.